The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello and welcome back to the Baggies Podcast. Hello Baggies fans and I hope you've had a fantastic Happy New Year, the best one that you could have celebrated in these difficult times. It is time for another episode of the Baggies Podcast, episode 26 to be precise. Last week we had a nice little listen because it was a nice 1-1 draw at Liverpool with a really good performance from the Albion. But however, this week it's going to be a bit more difficult if I'm being honest. There's two games to analyse here, plenty to get through. So we've got two games to analyse, the Leeds game and then the Arsenal game, both home games at the Hawthorns. Then we're going to talk about what's going wrong at West Bromwich Albion. Then we're going to go through some transfer rumours because obviously the transfer window opened on the 2nd of January. Then we're going to hear your thoughts about the games. Then we're going to look ahead to Blackpool. And then also we've got a special segment coming up, which is the end of year awards for 2020. You guys have been voted on Twitter to see what uh, who you think has been the best player, best uh, performer and whatnot, uh, best game, best goal, that sort of stuff. So we're going to be revealing the results of those Twitter polls at the end of the episode. So stick around if you're looking forward to that. But without further ado, this is going to be a bumper-backed episode. There's so much for us to get through. Might be a bit longer than usual, so apologies if I'm keeping you keeping you from being somewhere. But for now, let's settle down and listen to episode 26 of the Baggies Podcast. Let's get straight into it. The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, as I mentioned, plenty to get through in this week's episode. Plenty of things to talk about. And uh, I have to say it is going to be another difficult listen. Uh, (laughs) You know, I'm sick of them, and I'm sure you are too, but it's a good way to talk about the games and a good way to get involved and talk about the football uh, on the the podcast. So we're going to go straight into this this one and go straight in and talk about the game at Leeds. So um, Leeds, uh, we set up after that 1-1 draw with the exact same lineup. Some would say with it coming only 48 hours after... The last game of football, people would say, mm, you should really make some changes there. But no, we did stick with the same lineup, and we did stick and um, uh, and come out with the, exactly the same team that played against Liverpool. I mean, you know, Liverpool, as we know, is going to be a testing fixture for any team down the bottom of the table, let alone with a performance like that. I mean, surely if you you know if you get bad five 0 by half time, you can take off some key players and then you know give them a bit of a rest because there's no chance of you winning the game. But when you're in such a competitive game with Liverpool like that. It's really difficult to to uh, maintain that sort of fitness and match sharpness for the next game because they would have been absolutely shattered after that Liverpool game. It takes a lot out of your team to play teams like that at the top, and the fact that we made no changes for the for the, for the game um, really uh, really sort of um, uh, split the fan base a bit because you know you do want to see the same players who who were in their place in that game, but at the same time, you've got to protect them and you've got to make sure that they're, especially in these sorts of times when fixtures are coming thick and fast all through the season, not just over this Christmas period, there's quite a few double double match weeks that we've got to look out for. And this one was a this one in particular was a triple match week, so three games in a week is, is very difficult. And with limited changes being made, you're always going to put the players at risk. So Leeds, as we all know, a 5-0 defeat <laughs> at home to fellow promotion, uh, pr- fellow promoted teams. Yeah, not so um, not so good. Uh, a pretty dismal performance. Leeds very very clinical with their chances. Every chance they had, they really did take. Uh, they didn't really have that much other chances than the ones that they the, the, the clear cut chances than the ones that they made for themselves. However, how the game started was pretty embarrassing. Sawyer's remain Sawyer's passing the ball past his own goalkeeper from about twenty yards out was a pathetic. 
excuse for a goal. I mean, it's it's, it's completely out of order the fact that you've just let um, you know Leeds just take advantage and get one nil up like that. It was just ridiculous because how are you supposed to? You know, you've created such a positive atmosphere around the club, Sam Allardyce and and the team and and the players after that really good result against Liverpool. But then you come out and you play like this and you, you start the game off like this and by kicking the ball into your own net, not even, you know, in a last, you know, in a desperate attempt to save yourself a goal, just a basic back pass. He didn't look, he had his head down and he just blindly paid a, played a pass. And that worries me because if he's doing that all the time, I mean, we only focus on that, but he's blindly playing the ball back for the keeper. One day somebody's going to, you know, latch onto that and realise that, no, you know, he's not... Um, Realising that he's not, um, you know, not looking, and, he, and people are going to just latch onto those balls that he's playing back to the keeper. But yeah, a very, very poor own goal from Romain Sawyer's, and he didn't really make up for it there on after. Uh, it's Kanalioski scored um, after 31 minutes. Jack Harrison after 36. But the worst one for me was Rodrigo. Is the way he travelled from mid, from the centre of midfield right to the edge of the box to score. I mean, it, fair enough, the finish wasn't great, and it came off O'Shea, and you know, it ends up in the back of the net. But Sawyer's din track his man like he's sort of jogging alongside him and then all oh, all of a sudden oh god he's 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 in the box and he you know that's my man in the box there and he's um he's ended up uh, putting the ball in the back of the net and you know that for me was pretty ridiculous i thought i can't believe that we've actually done that um but yeah it's it's a pr very very poor game we were really toothless in attack and a poor defence as well. I thought we were going to do the same as we did against Liverpool. Fair enough, you know, you should be competing with Leeds. You're the team that's come up with them. And they're, they're streets ahead of us. You know, you look at the difference between two sides that got promoted there and they're absolutely streets ahead of us. You know, they, they tore us apart defensively. They, they aren't the best team in the league. They were the worst defensive team before we played them. But now they just look streets ahead of us and they, you know, they just... You know, defensively as well, we didn't even test them. We looked toothless in attack. And the, our defence was absolutely terrible. Um, Lee Peltier coming in um, for um, for Kieran Gibbs as a late substitution. Didn't quite understand that, why he didn't bring in a centre-back off the bench like Cedric Kipre or even Ivanovic and push O'Shea out to left-back. Because Peltier's just not... I don't understand why he's playing for this team. I've, you know, he's, he's clearly on the verge of retiring. Clearly uh, very close to um, ending his career. And... Uh, Number one, he's right-footed and so very right-footed. And playing at left back, he's 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 you know always going to be at risk of um, at risk of uh, causing problem causing problems at the back for us. I mean, yeah, I just can't understand why he ended up playing instead of somebody like Kipre or Ivanovic. Um, but yeah, that was it. The five-nil defeat against Leeds, uh, a very poor performance all round from a lot of players. Uh, nobody really stood out for me in the, in that game particularly. Everybody was relatively poor. Um, I mean, when your captain Matt Phillips is being taken off at, at half time, is it, it's, you know that's a pretty telling sign for you, isn't it? The fact that your captain's being taken off at half time, he's not a captain, I'm afraid. Matt Phillips, he doesn't lead by example, and we'll talk more about that in a second as we move on to talk about the Arsenal game. So Arsenal, <laughs> yeah, let's move on to another disappointing defeat, a four nil loss at home to Arsenal. Yeah, uh, I don't, I didn't see a game plan. I think it was the real problem against Arsenal. I didn't see anything that perhaps provided any positives, really. There wasn't really any positives to take from the game, in my opinion. I thought that we just didn't look like a team that wanted to win. Um, we lost 4-0 to Arsenal at home, a team that are very, you know, they're a good team, Arsenal. They're historically a really good team, but they're vulnerable. You know, they they 
they've lost to Burnley. You, 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 what you wanted to do in that sort of game was take a step back and decide to um, to play a team that um, is going to defend and it's going to defend foremost and rough Arsenal up a bit, get involved, get stuck in, cause problems for um, for, for for Arsenal. You know, because they're going to get frustrated and and they're not they're, they're a particularly they're not particularly physical at all. So I don't know why that we didn't go out there and try and put in a real forceful side that's going to cause problems and, and rough Arsenal up a little bit. But we didn't. And we went out there and we tried... I don't even know what we were trying to do, but we were just trying to sort of pass the ball around a little bit with no real plan of as to how, they, how to get forward. No defensive structure whatsoever. That's 12 goals in four games under Big Sam. That is absolutely dreadful. I thought, when Big Sam came in, I thought, this is going to be okay. It's not going to be you know the best thing in the world and it's it's not going to be certainly Pulis stuff but what he is going to bring is is above all he's going to make the defenders defend he's going to make a more organized structured team and even though the football might not be particularly pretty like it was under Slavon you'll get results with it with it but at the moment I'm not seeing any of that this team isn't good enough to stay in the Premier League Fair, you know, as it stands, that team is not is not good enough. But I thought at least Big Sam could make a defending unit, a good defensive unit out of this team. And the fact that we've gone on to concede twelve goals in four games, two of those against teams that you could potentially, um, you know, be beating, and the one that you expect to be beaten five nil is actually Liverpool, and you draw that game and you get the point out of it. I'm, yeah, I thought if that's the sign of things to come against Liverpool, I thought this is this is good. You know, you might have to just hold on and have a watch a nail-biting performance, but at least you get a result, and at least you'd climb yourself out of the relegation zone very slowly but surely, and you'd end up doing it. But you know, Arsenal Arsenal played all right last night. Some good passing play, particularly that second goal. Really good um, movement by Smith Rowe, Saka uh, involved there, and Lacazette as well. So. Um, you know, it's it's that sort of game that you could go out there and you know. They're, they're always vulnerable, Arsenal, but they weren't exploited enough. Um, I do have to question the team lineup. I mean, Matt Phillips, the first goal you do have to blame Furlong for it. Tierney turned him inside out and ended up putting a nice shot. But you have to ask, who's helping him? Who on earth is coming to help him? You look at that picture and you look at Matt Phillips, like sort of, like sort of lumbering back towards the position where Furlong's being taken on, and that's your captain. That's your captain, not not offering to help a help a help a teammate out in Darnell Furlong. Darnell Furlong's not the best defensively. He needs some help down that wing. It's especially you know Kieran Tierney's no skillful you know real fantastic player. He's not really a dodd tricky winger. He's a he's a fullback. He's got he's you know he's just done a good little spin on Furlong. Furlong's failed to defend properly. But when you when a teammate is struggling. As a captain, or even as another player, Sawyers is also stood there, just stood there like you know, like a statue in the middle of the pitch, not marking anybody. But where's Phillips? You can see him at the bottom of the picture if you watch the goal, and you can see him sort of just ambling back towards the ball. And it's just, I don't get it. I don't get the point in what he's trying to do there. I just, I, I, where's your heart? Where's your fight for the team? You know, where what what are you getting paid for if you're not going to bother to help a, help a teammate out and come and come and make a tackle for him or at least just put him under a bit of pressure uh it's just ridiculous um the second goal was one from Bukayo Saka that was a lovely goal that I talked about uh legend says that Ivanovic is still keep trying to keep up with Saka today and still trying to still getting turned by him uh 
Lacazette scored in the 60th 60th minute. Um, I can't remember if that was the worst goal. Um, yeah, it was the um, it was the worst one. That this one was for me. Um, perhaps after 60 minutes, um, it was a terrible, terrible goal to concede. Um, sorry, it was the second goal that was the worst one. Um, the 60th minute one wasn't so bad. I mean, he was fairly. You know, a jolly hammering off the woodwork was pretty bad, but then you know, it just happened to fall to Lacazette. But the fourth one, goodness me, the marking in that box—I could not believe what I was seeing. Tierney crosses it in, and you just look and you look over to the to the middle of the box, and you're like, "Where are all our defenders?" Lacazette is stood there in the middle on his own. Uh, he's got he's caught himself between Simeon Jolly and Furlong, I think. But sorry, um, Dora O'Shea, I think. But um. He's found himself in so much space. And then you look about 10 yards behind him and you've just got Sawyers just stood in on the penalty spot just watching him just sat in the middle of the six-yard box tapping the ball home. I'm like, what are you there for, Sawyers? That, I, I don't see why Sawyers didn't, uh, ended up playing today. He, I thought wholesale changes are going to come in, but he's just got no depth in that position, I don't think. I look forward to seeing Sam Field, hopefully when he, I think he, he's going to be back from injury soon, because I feel like he's going to be a good player for us, and I hope he gets the chance that he deserves under under Big Sam, because he deserves um he deserves a chance against uh, against the Premier League, in the Premier League, because he's good enough for it. He's a good player, would do a really good job sitting in front of the back four. I can see Livermore coming back in as well. Um, the, the star man I have to say actually for me for West Brom was uh, Callum Robinson. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I I like his um his desire, his effort levels. He's try he clearly was trying up there, but he didn't know what to do with it. Every time the ball came to him, he was out wide. He's meant to be the striker, and he just ended up crossing it into the box. He's got nothing else to do, but there's nobody in the box to challenge for that ball because he's meant to be the one challenging. But nobody else is putting the crosses in for him. Too many players hiding. Too many players low on confidence. I've never seen at West Bromwich Albion. You know, I've seen teams that are um, that are in um, that are in the t you know in the Premier League that are so limited on ability. But goodness me, their fight doesn't half make up for it. And we're going to talk about that in a second. We're going to talk about just what is going wrong here at West Bromwich Albion. So a disappointing defeat to Arsenal. But what is going wrong at West Bromwich Albion? Now, there's plenty of people people you can blame. Uh, and we'll start with Big Sam. Because he is a, a good manager, let's face it. You know, he's kept teams up that, you know, have, when he took over, haven't had a prayer of staying up um, and turned them into stable Premier League sides. Now, he's going to probably try and do something similar if he can get the money. Um, he's got a huge task ahead of him, let's face it. You know, he's got a massive task. One of the biggest, in probably the biggest in his career. Those teams in, that he's taken, Kept up before Blackburn, Crystal Palace, um, and also um, also the the lads at Everton, all better quality than this, and Sunderland as well, all better quality than this. But um, he's got a huge task. He's got lots of players with little ability. But you know, if you could, if you haven't got that much ability, your heart and your desire should make up for the rest of that ability. But with Big Sam's. With Big Sam's uh, system, you know, it just doesn't look like they want to play it. Like I think they miss. It's like almost like they've been absolutely have a kick in the teeth with the sacking of Slaven Bilic. Uh, Bilic's team did look street. Do look streets ahead of what this is at the moment. I don't know what this is. At least 
I don't think Bilic had a game plan, but at least you sort of know what to get from them. Never felt so embarrassed as to watching the Leeds and the Arsenal game over the past week. Never, not even, you know, under Slavin Bilic when you got pasted 5-1 by Crystal Palace. Uh, I don't think I felt that embarrassed. I don't think I felt that embarrassed when we lost to Leicester, when we um, lost to Everton. I was just, you know, those decisions just went against us. At least with Bilic, there were performances to be proud of. There's one here against Liverpool and then... Um, you know, uh, it was just, it's just, I, I can't believe what's happening, really. Um, you know, uh, it's a huge transfer window for the club ahead. Uh, can the board find it in their hearts to save us, is what I really have to ask. Is Can they just whip out the, whip out the checkbook and go and get Sam some players that hopefully, I, don't, I, I trust him at the moment because I saw what he did at Crystal Palace. And you look at the players that he bought in. I'll go and find. I'll, I'll just find you the tweet with with Big Sam, and the players that he bought in. Okay, uh, for for Palace, that's what really gives me hope, because you look at the players that he bought in, um, when um, when he was at Palace, he bought in Jeffrey Schlupp, Patrick Van Aanholt, uh, Luka Milivojevic, uh, and I can't quite remember who else. But he, all of the players that he bought in, and Sacco, sorry, and Mamadou Sacco, but all of those players still play for Palace to this day, which gives me a bit of hope. Maybe Sacco probably doesn't get in the team at the moment, uh, but we're looking at him. That's one of the transfer rumours that I've got to discuss a bit later on. Uh, but at least those players are still playing for um, for Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace. You know, it's not like they've, you know, they've come in and they were absolutely terrible under Big Sam and, and then he's had to, he's had to ditch them, uh, Hodgson has. But he, yeah, he's brought in good players there uh, for Palace who still play to this day. So, for me, there's plenty of players out there that Sam could sign. But who's going to want to come? Who's going to want to come and um, and play this play this absolute terrible um, mess that we're in? You know, who's going to want to? You know, Dan James is one of the n names that have been rumored. I'd prefer to sit on the bench at Manchester United all week than play play in this team unless some really serious in, in you know in investment and some really serious players come 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 in through the door. At the moment, it just looks like we're just just sort of letting we're just sleepwalking into relegation uh, I, I, I've seen people saying oh, they want relegation you know VAR's terrible but none of these performances recently have had anything to do with VAR this is just terrible you know uh, at least under Slaven we felt that there was a bit of hope that we might you know so one day they might turn up for him at the moment I can't see them turning up for Sam I can't see them turning up for him at all I can't see them wanting to play. But let's move on to some transfer rumours at the moment. Uh, at the moment, we've got Nicham from Celtic, who looks to be uh, in talks with West Bromwich Albion uh, for a fee of around £8 million. It's a potential one that could be coming in. Uh, apparently, Sam Allardyce has opted against signing either Dan James or Duncan Watmore from Manchester United and Middlesbrough, uh, respectively, uh, as he thinks that we've got a good set of wingers and is focusing his targets on a centre-back, a midfielder and a striker. Cenk Tosson, another one mentioned. Uh, apparently, we've made initial contact uh, with Everton over that uh, for not sure how much, but Big Sam did sign him at Everton, so there might be a potential... Um, transfer going on there and then the final one I've already mentioned is Mamadou Sacco uh, potentially coming in on a loan or a short-term deal something like that um, from Crystal Palace uh, hopefully to strengthen that back line him and Ajayi might be all right together a lot a decent amount of pace but Sacco can be a bit error prone but as we saw last night so can potentially uh, Ajayi my favorite West Brom player 
But yeah, a few transfer little little rumours in there for you uh, to see what's going on. The worrying thing is that Cenk Tosin would be a marked improvement on our strike force, and that is saying something quite bad about the team. You know, if he's your marked improvement on the strike force, what what on earth are you going to do? <laughs> you know, it's a bit worrying to be honest. Uh, hasn't really scored in the Premier League five goals since his arrival in 2018 under Big Sam, so you do have to worry a little bit there. Um, also, uh, did go to Crystal Palace on loan last season and scored another goal. But yeah, this worries me a little bit that he's a marked improvement. That does show you just how bad our team happens to be. But yeah, it's now time for a little look ahead to the Blackpool game. Obviously, cup game this weekend uh, in the FA Cup, which is nice to see. Always like the FA Cup. Uh, but, uh, I'm not enjoying watching football at the moment, especially when West Bromwich Albion are involved at the moment. So it's going to be a difficult watch for certain. Uh, West Brom play Blackpool on Saturday at uh, 3 o'clock, which we're going to be able to hopefully watch on BT Sport. Uh, so we, we look to play a, probably a rotated side. Big Sam did say in his press conference that he's looking for um, different players. He's going to assess their sort of ability. Hopefully uh, players like Kipre get a go. Uh, hopefully Chake Diaby gets a start. I'd love to see that because he's um, he's got... Um, Plenty of uh, goals in the under-23s. On the bench last night for West Brom, I was hoping that he'd perhaps come on and just show some people a bit of passion. So at least I know he's going to play for the play for the team. But yeah, that was the uh, that was the way it was. And Chate Derby hopefully going to get a start against Blackpool. It's going to be a rotated side with some you know different faces that we haven't seen for quite a while probably playing. So it'll be interesting to see how we get on in that that particular game. Uh, but it's now time to for the uh, new segment. It's not a regular segment, obviously. That's why it's called the end of the year awards. But we're going to see what how you guys fared in the polls. Who uh, you know who who tops the polls for the Albion this this year in 2020. Obviously, I did this on New Year's New Year's Eve, so you guys could see the whole year out, see all the wonderful performances towards the end of the year. But let's go straight in with the polls. So. The first one is the best goal of 2020, so the goal of 2020 for West Bromwich Albion. And the options were Townsend against West Ham, Pereira against Everton, Dean Garner against Everton, or Gallagher against Sheffield. Uh, you all voted 64% towards uh, Everton, uh, Pereira, Pereira against Everton. 64% voted for him, 23% for Connor Townsend against West Ham, 10% for Dean Garner, and 3% for Gallagher so thank you very much for voting in that one. The next poll is the best game of 2020. Now, the candidates were Bristol City away, Sheffield United at home, Liverpool away, or QPR at home on the final day of last season. Uh, you guys went 68% in the favour of Bristol City, 8% for Sheffield United at home, 14% uh, for Liverpool, and 10% for QPR. So Bristol City was your best game of 2020 for the Albion. A really good performance in that game. Who is the best young player was the next one. Is it uh, Dara O'Shea, uh, Kyle Edwards or Conor Gallagher on loan from Chelsea? I did think about not putting Gallagher in there, but I thought it'd be better to give you a bit more choice. We went for Dara O'Shea with 64% of the vote. Uh, no percent for Kyle Edwards and 36% for Conor Gallagher in that particular poll. So the best under-21 player that was uh, is Dara O'Shea for 2020. Uh, the best signing uh, for, of the season, uh, of the year, sorry. So the candidates were Mateus Pereira, Dean Garner, Carlan Grant, 
uh, Callum Robinson. So you went 88% Mateus Pereira and 12% Callum Robinson with no percent for Dean Garner or Grant. Uh, now it's time to look at the surprise package of 2020. Who was the best player this year that you didn't think was going to come out and pull out the stops? Uh, let's have a look. Surprise package uh, were the candidates were Darnell Furlong, Connor Townsend, Sam Johnston and Shemi Ajayi. Connor Townsend came out on top with 51% of the vote. Sam Johnston with 30%. Uh, Nigerian international Semi Ajayi with 10% and 9% towards Darnell Furlong. So that your surprise package of the season was Connor Townsend with 51%. The best player overall is the final category. And the candidates were Dara O'Shea, Sam Johnston, Semi Ajayi or Mateus Pereira. Mateus Pereira winning with half of the vote. Sam Johnston with 37%, Semi Ajayi with 9%, and Dara O'Shea with that 4%. And that concludes the end of season awards. So let's go through those again. Pereira against Everton was your best goal of 2020. The best game of 2020 was Bristol City away. The best young player, under 21 player, was Dara O'Shea. The best signing was Mateus Pereira. Uh, the best player overall was Mateus Pereira. Uh, and the surprise package was Connor Townsend. So that is concludes the Baggies Podcast End of Year Awards. Thank you very much for everybody getting involved in those Twitter files. Hope you enjoyed that sort of different thing. We're hoping to do that hopefully next year on the podcast. But thank you very much for getting involved in that and hope you enjoyed voting for your favourites of the year. Hopefully plenty more to come. Uh, plenty more good moments like those ones that we talked about earlier in the podcast. Uh, sorry, just in the podcast there. Not well, like the ones that we've talked about earlier on in the podcast. Uh, and hopefully a decent win against Blackform next week. But that brings us to the end of the Baggies podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, well, enjoyed it as much as you can, dwelling back on those fantastic fixtures we've just talked about. But um, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast this week. Uh, and hopefully you've had a very happy new year and a decent festive season. The best that you could have had under the circumstances. And hopefully uh, a fantastic 2021 coming for the Albion Hopefully we'll be back in the ground soon so we can give the players a bit of a cheer and hopefully that will ramp them up to hopefully push us towards Premier League survival. But as for this week, keep in touch on the Twitter page because we'll be putting out transfer news, transfer rumours, all that sort of jazz uh, on the Twitter page at the Baggies Pod. Without further ado, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening and have a fantastic week, Baggies fans, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.